So today I'm talking about the light and the shadow. That um, song was written um, after a long meditation into my own shadow self, just asking, you know, what needs to be healed? What is here that needs to be healed? And this word pretending came up and I was like, uh-uh, I'm a very authentic person. And then, um, you know, I don't want to analyze it too much because the song just pretty much flowed, but it feels to me like it was, uh, it came from a place of, I'm always the one that takes care of things. I'm always the one whose shoulder it's upon in my family and in other places in the world. And, um, and I'm supposed to be all right with that all the time and just happy to be of service. <laughs> and I was pretending that that was true, I think. And I had to face the fact that, no, I'm not always happy to do it all. I would like some of you to step in. But if you don't, I'll do it. I will do it. Um, but it was a healing time for me to let go of resentment that I didn't even know I had. To, let go, to, to finally decide in my mind, am I doing this? Because, and I think this was, you know, during the time when my parents were in the hospital, my mom was diagnosed with, um, with dementia, my dad was dying, all of this stuff was going on, and I felt like uh, it's all on me to handle everything. Um, and the truth was, it kind of was, because my siblings just didn't step forward. Um, but what happened is that he got healed in me. I have no resentment, and I realized I'm doing this because it's what I want to do. So I don't have to feel bad about what anybody else does or doesn't do. I have to take responsibility for what I choose, and I choose this. I choose this, and it was a healing. And so that's why we're talking about the shadow today. In New Thought, we talk about the light a lot. We talk about the light a lot. Ah, keep it positive. Everything's great. I'm fine. But the truth is, it's possible for some of us, some of the time, that everything isn't great all the time. And I had a book that I was going to read a quote to you from, and I left it at home. So through the miracle of modern technology, I just bought it on Kindle, and here it is. This is a quote by Father Thomas Keating. The spiritual journey itself does not consist of training into higher and higher states of consciousness, but rather begins with a descent into the damaged parts of ourselves in our already existing layers or stages of conscious development. Our agreement is to let the Holy Spirit bring to us the truth about ourselves. In other words, before heading into the higher states and stages, we begin to journey downward, moving not into ecstatic states of realization, but doing the hard work of confronting our unconscious motivations, of purifying and unifying the foundational levels of our consciousness, maturing them so that they will have the fortitude and wisdom to make the journey into yet higher stages. This warns us that the spiritual journey is not a success story or a career move. It is rather a series of humiliations of the false self, the ego self that we've built up 
to protect us from everyone else, to protect us from what happened to us in childhood or what happened to us later on or the traumas in our life, the walls that we built that keep other people out and that keep us from maturing. The spiritual journey is not a success story or a career move. It is rather a series of humiliations of the false self. It is experienced as diminutions of the false self with the value system and worldview that we built up so painstakingly as defenses to cope with the emotional pain of early life. This, in turn, doing this hard work will allow us to bypass, as it were, some of the more tempting dangers on the path. So, the shadow. Woo! What is shadow? The shadow in psychological terms in transpersonal psychology means the parts of ourselves that we find unacceptable. Not the parts that other people find unacceptable, because other people's lack of acceptance is not our problem ever. Our own lack of acceptance of the truth of ourselves is our only problem, pitfall, obstacle to the spiritual journey. It's the parts of ourselves we consider unacceptable that we reject, that we hide, that we pretend aren't true or aren't there. There are fears, there are faults. And here's the thing, we can't go forward without looking back. We cannot go up before we've gone down. And I think this is the problem that is often uh, faced in new thought because the new thought idea is that spirit will just lift you higher and higher and higher and higher and higher and all you have to do is put your mind there. But, you know, I, I worked at the same church for 24 years. I knew a lot of people who, pra who practiced this philosophy for a generation, saw new generations come into it, and saw that their lives weren't always significantly better. And I believe that's because they did a spiritual bypass. The way I like to think of it is, God, spirit, whatever your spirituality is, does not let you pole vault over the garbage in your life. But that spirit will be with you and walk you through every step of it. So you come out the other side. Wiser, more mature. Because just going, I'm great, ooh, um, whatever, is not a mature state. It's when the, you can tell when people are actually there. And you don't meet many of them. But you can tell when someone is actually there. And that is always, 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 I dare to say, even though I don't know everybody, and I don't like to use the word always, but I would say that is always the result of hard work. That nobody gets born and says, oh, well, all the stuff that happened doesn't matter, and I'm just fine, and om, and I'm at one with the universe. Because it hurts to look at our darker sides. It hurts to look at the traumas of childhood. It hurts to look not just at the traumas themselves, because a lot of people do that in therapy, looking at these traumas. But the point isn't to dig up the trauma. The
The point is to see the trauma so that we can find out the ways that we adapted ourselves to fit in around it. Bless you. To find out how we adapted ourselves to fit around the trauma. And the way I look at it is that every time a trauma happens, you know, we just back up and we, bat, we give a little ground and we give a little ground and we give a little ground and eventually we can find ourselves painted into a corner, literally. Like, how did I get here? I would not have retreated to this corner if somebody one day had said, hey, get in the corner, you. But because it happened so gradually, I find myself in this corner and because I feel like it's a place that I can defend. So to be defenseless or to look at what it is that makes us want to defend and then to allow ourselves to let go of the stuff that we're defending it with is the only way to realize that we have nothing to defend. We have nothing to defend. The truth is, there's nothing to defend. And that's the paradox of the spiritual path. You are perfect and whole. Every single one of us is already perfect and whole. And at the same time, we have a yearning within us to grow, to be our better selves to come into the fullness of who we are. And it looks like an opposite thing. I'm perfect, but I need to grow. I'm perfect, but I need to grow. I am perfect, but I'm not living in my, perf in my perfection. I am perfect, and I have to learn how to grow into who I already am. Does that make sense? If you think about it, it's kind of like um, a child king. You know, the father dies, and now the 12-year-old is king. Well, he's king. There's no doubt about that. But if he has wise advisors, he's going to take time to grow into his actual kingliness, even though the fact is he's king. That's the way I look at it. And Adya Shanti, one of my favorite um, writers, the Buddhist writers, um, your life, all of your life, he says, is your path to awakening. All of your life, every minute of it, everything that ever happened, everything that will happen, everything that's in you today. By resisting or not dealing with its challenges, you stay asleep to reality. Pay attention to what life is trying to reveal to you. Say yes to its fierce and loving grace. Because when you go there, when you're willing to go there, you are met with love. You are met with love. So um, if we don't go there, then we live without self-acceptance. Think about that for a moment. If you don't really accept all of the parts of yourself, how can you be whole? And if you don't really accept all the parts of yourself, how can you accept all the parts of other people who are driving you absolutely batty? Right? Yeah. So we may go through our lives without forgiveness, without forgiving other people because we don't want to, without forgiving ourselves because we don't see the need, because we're, we don't see the need. There's no need. I don't see anything. Yeah. We have to be willing to look 
in order to see the need. And so when you look at life like that, good and bad takes on a completely different meaning. When bad things happen and we want to resist them, we can look at them and say, okay, not that I would like this to happen, not that I'm glad it happened, but it did happen. What do I do now? What next? Do I let it close me down or do I let it open me up? Do I let it make me build taller walls and defenses or do I allow it to open my heart to the world? It's a beautiful um, book called Unbinding the Heart by Agape Stasinopoulos who says there is one choice that we all have. And this is our opportunity in every moment of every day, whatever small or big challenges it brings. Do I shut down or do I choose to open up one more time, even deeper? We talk a lot in here about how our choice is fear or love, fear or love. Do you understand that not opening our hearts is all about fear? and not at all about love, still the same choice. It's just stated in different words. And here's the thing. We are not here to wallow in the shadow. You've all known people who do that. I'm like this because my father was an alcoholic and my mom and and I justify my misery. And you can do that. There's some therapist that'll let you do that. Keep telling the same story over and over and over again and justify your misery. But what we're meant to do with the shadow is to go there to bring the light to it. To take what's there and bring it up into the light. And guess what? Whatever it is, So far, whatever I've found, and I'm not done dealing with my shadow, I promise, but so far, whatever I've found was much scarier when it was in the dark than it is when I bring it into the light. It was much scarier when I had a wall between me and it, like I'm not looking, nope, 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 can't make me, can't make me, than when I went, okay, I'm going to look. Oh, that old thing. Sometimes it wasn't, oh, that old thing. Sometimes it was... I did not want to ever tell myself that this actually happened because it hurts so badly. But not addressing it doesn't take the hurt away. It just makes it come out sideways your whole life. And when you address it, when you look at it, when you bring it into the light, when you bring the light of your heart into it, then you are able to let go. I have found that in my experience to be true over and over and over again to the point that the moment that I start living without forgiveness of anybody in my life, when I notice a resentment growing, I become so uncomfortable that I can't not look at it, that I can't not bring it into the light, that I can't not take a moment and see it for what it really is, an opportunity for me to grow my heart bigger. Like the Grinch, his heart grew three sizes in one day. So, 
one of the things we can do to start allowing our shadow in and to start allowing um, light to shine through is to stop every day, stop that conversation in our minds that constantly tells us that things are other than they should be. This shouldn't be happening. This shouldn't happen to me. Well, it's happening to you. Perhaps it should be happening to you. Because when we allow that, when we allow ourselves to go, okay, here I am. Maybe it was bad luck. I don't know. Um, you know, I read it the other day that um, your DNA determines 33% of your happiness. Just how you're born. And I believe this because I am Mrs. Rain and I am married to Mr. Sunshine. When he gets up in the morning, he's like, <laughs> and I'm like, I have not had my cup of coffee yet. Would you please just, I'm going to go into this dark room and sit for a few minutes before I want to talk to anybody. That's how I am. That's how he is. Do I accept credit? Does he accept credit? Well, he probably does. <laughs> but do I put myself down because I'm not like that? No, I know who I am. I know who I am. And yeah, some days I'd really like to be happier. I wish that I didn't deal with depression on a regular basis. But here's the deal. Wishing doesn't do a dang thing. And so what I get to do is say, what is this depression here to teach me? What is it here to teach me? What can I learn from it? What can I learn from it? Because maybe a lot of life is just about luck. But if it's going to happen anyway, if you're going to be, if your 33% is depression, then you still have 66 percent, 67% ability to overcome that. If your 33% is all happy-go-lucky, then good for you. There are lessons either way. Because I tell you, if you're happy all the time, then when something really bad happens, it may, <laughs> it may hit you a little harder than those of us who are going, I knew it, I knew it, I knew it. <laughs> knew that was going to happen. <laughs> But we stop expecting life to be other than it is. That is called accepting life. And when we accept life, we're in a position to begin to accept ourselves. And self-love is what's going to get you there. Self-love, each person loving his or her self is going to be what awakens the planet. So yes, we can love people, but only to the extent that they allow love in. And so we still love, we give it, we keep giving it, we keep giving it. Even if it's rejected, we can go back and give it again because it doesn't cost us anything. It opens our heart wider. And you never know if this may be the day where a percentage point just flips up. There, there's a tipping point and suddenly somebody's allowed themselves to let some of that love in some of that light in and that's what we're here for but we can't do it for other people if we haven't done it for ourselves we can do it for a short time for other people as long as they don't get to know us too well 
<laughs> but only when we really come to the place of accepting ourselves as we are do we begin to be able to accept others as they are. And I can see this taking place in my life. Am I 100% accept in acceptance of all of me? No, I'm not. Am I willing to do the work to keep looking at it and going there, even if it's painful? Yes, I am. I am because I don't want, I don't want to not accept me. You know, here's just an example. My weight has gone up and down my whole life. I was eight when I joined Weight Watchers the first time. Eight. And it has been probably the number one battle of my life. And for most of my life, if the scale was up, I liked myself less. If the scale was down, I liked myself more. The scale doesn't have anything to do with who you are. The scale doesn't have anything to do with who you are. It doesn't have anything to do with who I am. So here's what I do now. Yes, I do want to feel comfortable in my body. And yes, I do want to eat in a way that is healthy for me. But the truth is, some days I'm just not willing. Right? Yeah. Chris sent me a text last night and said, I'm making snickerdoodles. I'm like, well, of course I'm going to have some. There ha there's been another time that she texted me and said, I'm making snickerdoodles. And I said, please don't give me any because I'm trying to do something else with my eating. But do I like myself less for saying yes to the snickerdoodles than I did for saying no to the snickerdoodles? I'm learning not to do that. I'm learning to go, well, apparently I'm not there yet. <laughs> and when I get there, I'll know it and I'll act on it. In the meantime, do I help myself lose weight by beating myself up every day? Do I help my body be more healthy by beating myself up every day? I tell you what, it does not, negative motivation does not actually work. Positive motivation does. And if you love yourself, you understand that it's not so much about what I do, but about who I am and who I am becoming. So I want to leave you with this. Doing your shadow work is the best way to become a true friend to yourself. When you think of your best friends, the ones who are here for you, day in, day out, no matter what the weather, no matter what's going on, do you list yourself among those? Or are you sabotaging yourself on a daily basis? Are you constantly, if as soon as you have a good thought, putting a doubtful thought out there right on its heels? Because the way to heal that is to follow that doubtful thought all the way down to where it came from and feel it, experience it. Ask for information about what is that about? Shine some light on it. Bring it up into the light. And when it's brought up into the light, it loses its power. Because here's the deal about light and darkness. Light can always overcome darkness. Darkness can never overcome light. Right? It's not the way it works. Because darkness kind of is a thing that doesn't exist. It's just the absence of light. 
So when we shine light on it, it heals. Maybe not right away. Maybe not as fast as we want it to. Maybe not as pretty as we want it to. Maybe not easy at all. It may be a trudging journey rather than a skipping journey. But if you're willing to go on the journey, you can end the journey, I believe, by being your own best friend. And when you're, best, you're your best friend, there is no one in the world you can't love. There's no one in the world you can't love because you understand that everybody's got that shadow self and everybody is defending it and everybody is terrified that somebody's going to find out about it. And so everything that they do in the world that's ugly is about they're trying to protect what it is they want, protect them from feeling any more suffering, protect them from losing something they have, protect them from not getting something they always wanted, protect them from caring about anything. Because if I care, that's when I can get hurt. All of that stuff, y'all. And when you know it's true about yourself, it's a lot easier to see it in others and to then have compassion. Then have compassion. Because here's the thing. <clears throat> It's not all pretty, but it is all beautiful. Namaste.